Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Well, a happy new year to all the listeners of the Pilot's Advisor. Walter Storholt here alongside Ryan Fleming. And we thought it would be fun to kick off 2020 by going over some of the best questions that we've gotten over the past couple of months and answering them here on the show. So this is a special mailbag edition of the program. We'll be answering several of your questions as we go throughout today's show. So we'll line them up one after another and get Ryan's great guidance on these questions. And as always, you can submit future questions to be featured on the show by going to FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. Without further ado, let's open up the mailbag and kick the new year off right. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Got a question today from Lucy. And she says, Ryan, how often should I be meeting with or talking to my financial advisor? I get a birthday card from his company, but that's about it. Sounds like the dentist. <laughs> well, I think that this is a great a great question because many of my clients that I don't talk to that much, and there's others that I talk to on a week, weekly basis. Uh, during the accumulation phase, once you kind of set up things and you're saving you know, m- monthly, the accumulation phase is actually believe it or not, the easy part, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Once you're in the distribution phase where you actually retire and you're trying to make that money spit out income for you, it becomes much, much more complicated. And I think you need to be talking to your advisor probably every couple months at a minimum uh, biannually, you know, twice a year to reevaluate things, see how things are going. But really, when I look at this, as long as Lucy's happy and she has her plan uh, going forward and she sat down with her advisor at some point in time, that's fine. And if she does have issues, reach out. I mean, many advisors out there are talking to their clients continuously, but especially those that have concerns. So if you have concerns, shoot your uh, advisor an email or give them a call, and I'm sure that they will arrange a time to meet with you. Yep. Great question, Lucy. Thank you for uh, sending us that question. Uh, So many people kind of have different preferences here too, I would say, Ryan. Like some people don't want to be that involved. Like they don't want to hear from their advisor all that often. You know, they don't want to be bombarded. Others want to be like, uh, you know, listeners to our podcast. Uh, A lot of them are your clients, your current clients, and they like just being kind of updated and kept in the loop of what's going on and kind of hearing your perspective on things. So, you know, they want kind of constant communication and touches. And so it's interesting to see different people's, you know, personal opinions there, but it seems like the advisor should be trying to, to meet you where you want to be met when it comes to level of communication. Well, that's absolutely true. And I think I have clients that don't want to talk, don't want to meet. They don't want to actually sit down. They want to be able to shoot an email off to me and get an answer when they feel like getting an answer. And I think that's why the podcast is so valuable is because there's there's information going out there all the time, but you don't actually have to take time out of your day to come meet me at the office. You can listen when you feel like listening. You can get information when you feel like getting information. And I think the new generation is kind of like that. It's It's about not having to commit to anything at some point in time, but being able to access the information when when they need it or when they're not feeling so great about things. 
Great question, Lucy. Thanks again for submitting that one to us. We'll always take your questions at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. Or email Ryan directly, Ryan at FlemingFG.com. Time to open up another mailbag question here on the Pilot's Advisor. This one comes to us from Charlie. Charlie says, It seems counterintuitive, Ryan, to move out of a house that I paid off 10 years ago, but I'm retiring next month and I'm considering renting a townhome instead so that I don't have to worry about maintenance and repairs. Would that be a dumb move? Actually, Charlie, if you're willing to do this and it fits your family lifestyle going forward, it's actually a very smart move. Because not only are you eliminating all those uh, maintenance and repair costs, but you're probably putting yourself into a situation where your cash flow is going to work out much better for you. Um, For many individuals, the home equity that they have in their house is the biggest asset they have. So congratulations on paying off your house. That's an amazing thing. But like many individuals, the home equity that you have is your biggest asset. And that doesn't mean that you have to stay in that house. You can actually use that asset to live off of going forward, Uh, especially many of these people that have all their kids have moved out and they have this massive house where three bedrooms aren't being used. You're still paying all the insurance on that house, the power bill. I mean, all that stuff adds up when you can uh, downsize and and make your, your lifestyle quite a bit better. Well, it's interesting because I think a lot more people are doing this kind of thing. We've always heard of downsizing, Ryan, like just purely from the size of a home, going from two stories to a ranch or something like that. But it seems like more and more people are wanting to go the townhome route and truly limit their maintenance and repair issues. And then a lot of folks seem to even want to move into more active areas, like they want to get closer to downtown where they can walk around and not have to uh, worry about driving as much so they can keep their independence a little bit longer as they get older and, and just have more to do and be near. And, and close to the action. It's kind of an interesting uh, transition to watch. People used to think of folks retiring and kind of moving further and further away from the action. It almost seems to reverse these days. Well, and it's it's an interesting thing because unless you really, really enjoy working in the yard in retirement and you want to have a garden out back, the amount of time that you could free up for yourself just not having to edge and cut the grass and you know rake leaves, um, you could really have a totally different lifestyle. That's true. Yeah. And the uh, nice thing is that you have the power to make that choice of which direction you want to go in here, it sounds like, Charles. So not necessarily counterintuitive to move out of a paid off house. Um, Just look at it from that financial standpoint and see if it makes sense. But also, it doesn't always have to just be about the finances. We see that more and more often as well. Sometimes it's about, you know, your emotions and feelings and uh, making the finances work to fit those things. And this might be one of those kinds of cases as well. So great question. Mailbag popping up again here with a great question from Terrence. Uh, Terrence writing into us from Florida. And uh, Terrence says, my dad is in his 90s and his health is starting to decline. Would it be wise for him to start gifting money to me and my sister while he is alive so that we don't have to deal with so much estate tax? We've also talked to him about signing over his house to us, and I'm now picturing alarm bells going off inside of Ryan Fleming's head. How about it, Ryan? Well, I mean, I think uh, gifting is a great thing, but it's only in small amounts. Signing over houses is normally not a good idea unless there's other circumstances involved. But really what this screams to me is when I see 90s health starting to decline and we're just starting to ask some of these questions, um, I really recommend that people really start talking to their parents as they start to age so that you can really um, 
get a lot of stuff in a will or in a trust on paper before, you know, health starts to decline because this puts stress on everybody. And the, the most professional answer that I could tell you is to really make an appointment with a, a real uh, estate planning attorney, somebody that deals with this stuff all the time. Because not only could you help your father as he ages, not having to worry about things, but you can really help the rest of the family not have to start fighting over things when it starts to get ugly. Why is uh, not just to kind of pick apart one part of this question, um, you know, the signing over of the house? Why is that sometimes not a great a great idea? Why would they be thinking of doing that in the first place? And then, you know, why would that be a problem? Well, what some people try to do is sell a parent's house to the kids for a lot less than market value. And they think that they could do that as a way to transfer money without there being tax involved. But there's this little organization out there called the IRS that looks for stuff like this. And they're going to come find you and make sure that that house was sold for market value. And when it's not, um, they're going to come looking for their piece. So it, 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 it could cause some legal issues. Um, and, you know, some people try to sell and then rent back. And, and it, it gets quite complicated. And it's a whole section on transferring wealth that really goes back to, I would say, sitting down with a estate planning attorney and look at the best ways to transfer wealth and avoid probate and other uh, estate taxes. That's a good question uh, there as well. How do you fit into that relationship? Let's say somebody does have the need to meet with an attorney. You know, to me, that's like, okay, just now one more person I have to meet with, or do you help kind of facilitate that process? Well, I help facilitate it, but what I learned a long time ago, and I, I tried to do everything. I was like, hey, I'm a pretty smart guy, but I quickly learned that I cannot be an expert at everything. And especially since the laws change constantly, you know, tax laws change consistently. And so I, I finally got to a point where I knew that I cannot service my clients with every aspect of the financial picture. But if I had a team that I could refer them to so they could get the best answers for those questions that I might not be uh, totally up to speed with, that that was the best way. And anybody that's trying to do everything out there, I would really question about how, how good of a job they're doing. Well said. So Terrence, uh, definitely think a little bit more about uh, certainly the communication uh, among the family. And, you know, never too late to start communicating. It sounds like you guys are now taking steps in that direction, but also you're going to want to be careful about some of the different moves that you make here because of those tax implications. You're, you're being creative, but the uh, IRS doesn't like creative, right? Yeah. And, and I also think about like raising kids. You know, we always laugh about how it takes a village, you know, to really keep kids in line and, and help them grow and learn. And, and I hate to say it, but uh, getting ready for retirement takes a village sometimes too. And we know that there are lots of parallels between how we uh, enter the world and exit the world. And uh, it's probably just another one of them. Uh, the fact that it takes a village to kind of do both successfully and uh, appropriately. So great thoughts there, Ryan. And uh, if you've got questions like Terrence on your mind, you want to throw them by Ryan, see what he thinks, see if he can help guide you. You can certainly ask a question on the mailbag. We might feature it on a future show. You can go to FlemingFG.com or email Ryan. Ryan at FlemingFG.com is the address. We've got a great question. It comes to us from Abe in Florida. Abe says, I'm being forced into an early retirement at 57 from my job with the state. I'll have my pension, but that alone won't be enough to live on. Do I need to find another job since I'm too young for Social Security or to withdraw from my IRAs? That's actually a great question. The latest statistic that came out was that 75% of workers out there are forced out of their job prior than when they planned on leaving. So they're actually 
either having to look for a new job or having to retire earlier than they expected to. And of course, that means that most people were ill-prepared or not totally prepared to retire. And so unfortunately, I, if, looking at Abe's, of course, I don't know Abe's situation, but he's saying that it's not enough for him to live off of at this point in time. You see more and more elderly people out there working, and in most cases, it's because they have to. However, every year that you put off digging into your IRAs or your 401ks, when you look at the longevity of that portfolio, it has a massive benefit. So if you're bringing in some income, even if it's a little bit, I don't care if you're Ubering or, you know, you know, working part time for the city, you know, going to the pool or, or selling ice cream cones. I, mean, I don't know. But any little thing that you can do to bring in some extra spending cash or some extra money where you're not relying on your 401k or IRA um, really drastically changes your financial future. Yeah, I think it's a really big uh, a big concern. I mean, some people, sure, you might be ready to retire that early if you've got certain things in place to make it happen. Enough, I, I guess cash flow ends up being the biggest issue here, kind of getting you to those more traditional retirement dates. Can you fill that gap without affecting your final you know, financial plan and retirement plan? Can you fill those four or five years before you start withdrawing those other items? And that may be a tall task for some people, depending on your lifestyle, but it might be easier for others. Well, and the other factor to consider here is Social Security is the one thing that is like a pension, but it also has a, a cost of living adjustment. So if you look at all the numbers, you actually should withdraw most of the money out of your account, your 401k, your IRA, and defer Social Security if you're able to do that. Um, all the, all the uh, analysts, you know, the, the real smart guys that look at retirement income, and, you know, and I, I did classes on this in my uh, retirement income certified professional designation where it really looked at how deferring Social Security in whatever form that it is out there, of course it could change, but looking at what it is right now, it's really smart for you to take that later in life because the more you defer it, not only is it is it going to be a lot more money of what you've earned percentage-wise, but it uh, will actually adjust with inflation where none of your other accounts will. So once again, um, I think the new reality is people are working later in life, even if it's you know part-time or you know a job that might be below their skill set if they're unable to you know use the uh, expertise that they've maybe been working in their whole life or or maybe maybe you're just totally done doing what you've been doing for the last 20 or 30 years and you just need something new. But whatever it is, just doing something is probably the right thing uh, you know just to help your financial future and, and create a, a rosier, more secure picture for you. That's a great point, Ryan. If you need help with your financial plan, one great starting point is to get a portfolio uh, portfolio MRI, where Ryan really looks under the hood at your financial plan and makes sure that you are w- addressing all the big question marks about retirement. And Ryan, is there any cost to the portfolio MRI? Is this a free thing that people can can tap into and utilize to get that initial review with you? Well, I've been doing this for 10 years, and I think the longer I do it, the more passionate I am about helping people. And a lot of it with the MRI is really, really educating them on what they're currently doing. Because a lot of people have a, a, say they have an advisor, maybe they don't have an advisor, but they literally don't know what they're doing in their portfolio. And I actually find it valuable to actually be able to explain to them and, and, and show them what exposures they have to different things. Because if you don't know why you're doing something, then it's really hard to have uh, a clear path of where you're actually going. And I, I actually really enjoy helping people in this way. And so, no, there is no cost to the MRI. I think that there's enough valuable information that 
uh, most people receive from it and they get a lot of education to where most of them end up asking me if I can help them. So no, there is no cost. If you'd like to take advantage of getting your own portfolio MRI, and a lot of the things that we talk about here on the podcast will get addressed, but obviously with your particular situation in mind. And that's what's so important is you're always wanting to get customized guidance and advice. And that's what you get with the team at Fleming Financial Group. If you want to get a portfolio MRI with Ryan of your financial situation, you can call or text 843-475-3038. That's 843-475-3038. Or go online to FlemingFG.com to schedule a time to meet. That's FlemingFG.com. And we'll put links to that in the description of today's show notes as well. Well, that'll do it for this edition of The Pilot's Advisor. Thank you for your questions, and thank you for listening to the show. For Ryan Fleming, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll look forward to talking to you next time right back here on the show. Until then, Happy New Year, everybody. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.